This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. This month we're talking about agape love. And agape love is the God kind of love. That's the love that God wants us walking in. And, you know, you have the potential to walk like Jesus. You have the potential to, to walk in the love that Jesus has for mankind. Look at your neighbor and say, you have potential. <laughs> and we can love, we can love like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you can love like Jesus. Amen. And so we can love like Jesus. And agape love, it's, this is my definition, it's a selfless, sacrificial love, not contingent on what others do for us or what others do to us. So this love is not based on what people can do for us or what people do to us. It's a love solely based on the love that God has for us. And that he has downloaded on the inside of each one of us. Amen. In Romans 5, 5, the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in each one of our hearts. And the thing about love is you have to cultivate it. Because we all have that, what I call that selfish nature. It's that me, myself, the I nature. It's, we think about ourselves probably more than we think about others. But, but not this group. You guys are thinking about God. You're thinking about others before you think about yourselves. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so today, you know, I want to focus on that godly, uh, that walking in the agape love of God. Uh, it's, it's, it, there's a reason for God wanting us to walk in love. And I really believe the main reason it's called influence. Influence. And God wants to express his love through us. But why? Because he wants to influence a lost and dying world. And we are in a corrupt world system. We are in a lost and dying world. And the world is all about the bling bling, all about self, all about self-promotion. And so we are in this world, but we're not of the world. We're here, but we're not of it. Amen. We... we we actually, you know, we're, we're, we're citizens in heaven and we're citizens down here, but we represent heaven down here. Amen. And so we represent heaven well when we're walking in the love of God. And that's the character of God. God, God doesn't just have love. God is love. God is love. So, so, so I like that because wherever Jesus went, he made people's lives better. Can I get a witness in the house today? What Jesus made people's lives better. When I read the Gospels, I found everybody he came in contact with, he touched, he made their life better. Glory to God. And so what are we supposed what are we supposed to be doing? The love of God that's in us supposed to help people and make their lives better and not worse. I like what it says in Acts 10:38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So we see that, that this right here is like, it, it, it's actually saying 
that Jesus went around influencing people to bring them closer to God to make their lives better. I'm going to say this, and I say this quite often, more of God is more good in our lives. I need more God. And we all need more God. So God wants us to influence people for good. The devil wants to influence people for bad. And so we are, we are constantly influencing people wherever we go. So we, got, we have discovered that the walk of love is, is, is emulating what God is like. And we got to get a revelation of that. And we've, in our study this month, we found out the character of God. And in Psalms 145, 8, 9, it says here, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. When I think about God, I think about that God is good. And when you think about the goodness of God, what, what I think about is what, what brings his goodness out is his mercy. We talked about that last week, that, that you can't separate God's goodness from his mercy. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so if we're going to walk in the goodness of God, if we're going to be an influencer, amen, you know, that, that's what they say, the TikTok people and the, and the YouTube people, they're influencers, right? But if we're going to be an influencer for good, we're going to be people, I'm, I'm talking today, we're going to be people that walk in mercy. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I, and I like that in Psalms 25.10, it says all the paths of the Lord, it's saying all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Think about that. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. I love that. We know that, that God, he, he, that we're in a world that, that, that has opposition that comes against the Christian. We, we're in a world that has, that has opposing spirits that, that are here. They're, they're demonic spirits that's trying to separate us from the love of God. There's, there, there's a, there, the, the world is always constantly working against our relationship with God. And, and, and also, these demonic spirits also are working against us, uh, against our relationship with other people. Can I get a witness in the house today? And we got to get a revelation that we want to be conduits of God's love and not conduits of the devil's hate. Can I get a witness? And in James 1.17, it says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So we see here in this scripture that, that everything that's good comes from God. I love this because this is saying to me that if there's bad coming into our life, it's not God promoting it, it's the enemy. Can I get a witness in the house today? And the devil is working against us. And what he wants us to do is not trust God. He wants us to not trust God's word when things are not looking good in our lives, when things are not, when they're going away, when, when our relationships are crumbling. He wants, the devil wants us to focus on the fact that maybe God's behind it, but God's not behind 
the bad and the ugly. He's only behind the good. Can I get a witness in the house today? I love that. And the, even the Apostle Paul got the revelation about God in 2 Corinthians 1.3. This is a salutation. And Paul is saying this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So God is a merciful God. And we have to be merciful people. And so really God created us not just for us to serve him, but he created us for relationship. He created us for fellowship. We, we are relational creatures. And God, God is a relational, relational cre- creator. God is into relationships, believe it or not. In Hebrews 8, 10, and 12, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says Lord... I will put my laws in in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be, notice this, I will be merciful. There we go again. Merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. What's great about God's mercy is his forgiving power. And if you cannot separate God's goodness from his mercy, you cannot separate God's mercy from his forgiving power. So if he's merciful, he delights in forgiving us. You know, I I think about that because because God forgives the worst of us. And I I think about, you know, the, the people in Nineveh. And they were really bad people. And, and these people were doing a lot of bad things. And, and God raised this prophet up named Jonah. And he wanted Jonah to preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah hated the Ninevites. He hated what they did. They were, they were really just cruel, mean people. And he felt like that they didn't deserve God's mercy. Thank God Jonah wasn't on the, on the throne. Amen. Or Nineveh would have been wiped out. But Nineveh was a, was a bad city. And he didn't, want, he didn't want to preach to them repentance. He didn't want to, to, to preach to them because he knew that God is a gracious God. And so what happened to, to, uh, to Jonah? He went the opposite direction. And then he ended up on a boat going the opposite way. And we know that he ended up getting thrown off the boat. And then we know that, uh, that he was swallowed by a big fish, but in that place of his desperation, of his rebellion against God, he cries out to God for mercy. And God is a God of not just the second chance. He's the God of the third chance. He's the God of the fourth chance. He's the God that, uh, of the person that has a repentant heart that keeps coming back to him. And if you keep coming back to him, no matter what your sin looks like, God is gracious. He is merciful. I'm telling you, he's more merciful than we give him credit for. And Jonah, and Jonah preached that they need to repent or God was going to wipe that city out. And they fasted and prayed and repented for three days. They may have had, you know, you know, 
30, 40, 50 years, I don't know how many years of sin that they did, but three days of fasting and prayer turned it all around. God can turn your life around in a New York second. Everything can change in a New York minute. Amen. Do you believe that today? And in God, everything can change in a New York second. He can change your circumstance and situations. Jesus built relationships with his disciples for three years, revealing the agape love of his relationship with his father and the amazing love he has towards people. We also can have amazing relationships with the father and with others. It is possible. Because the God of his love is inside of us. In Revelation 3.20, it says here that God is constantly knocking on the door of every person's heart. It says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. This is the New Living Translation. So what is God, what's God all about? He's all about fellowship. He's all about relationship. We need to be relational people. We don't need to be putting people off. We need to be embracing people. We need to be relational people. Amen. That's what God is calling us to be is relational people. Glory to God. And so this this right here is an invitation for a relationship that equates to eternal life. You might ask yourself, what is eternal life? What is eternal life? And some might say, well, eternal life is living forever in heaven. Uh, that's eternal life. And that, that might be a good, that might be good uh, definition. But eternal life is more than just living forever in heaven or living forever. Eternal life is what Jesus explains it to be in John 17, 3. Jesus said it this way, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So what Jesus said is, eternal life is knowing God. That's it. That's what eternal life is. If you know God, you have eternal life. Can I get a witness in the house today? So so I'm going to say this, that that we need to understand that agape love is a committed love. God is committed to us. We need to be committed to God. And we need to be committed to each other. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? We don't give up on people. We don't throw people to the, we don't kick people to the curb. Glory to God. No, we keep praying for people. We keep believing that God's going to invade people's lives. We, we don't give up and God doesn't give up. I like what it says in Psalms 89, 34. My covenant, I will not break nor alter the word that goes out of my lips. So God is true to his word. There's a, another scripture that says that God will perform his word. He, he will watch over his word to perform it. So God is good to his word. There's another scripture in Psalms that says that God even puts his word even above his name. So you can trust God's word. If you read a promise in God's word, your life may not be aligning up with that promise but keep standing on that promise and eventually your life will line up to the promises of God's word. Eventually it will line up because God will make sure it will come to pass in our lives. 
God is changing our lives. He's changing our relationship. He's, he's bringing his life into it. He's invoking life into every part of our lives. The Zoe life of God. We, we can walk in that Zoe, that God kind of life. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. And it's, it basically says that love never fails. You know, I said this through my sermon series. They say, kill them with kindness, but you actually, it should be heal them with kindness. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Some say, that's the world. The world say, kill them with kindness. No, you heal them with kindness. You heal people with your kindness, with you walking in the kindness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiving power of God. Amen. That, that's powerful. In Galatians 6, 9 and 10, it says, so let not get tired of doing what is good. At the just right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up, therefore, wherever we have the opportunity, we should do good. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good for everyone, especially those that are in the family of faith. So God wants us doing good for everyone, but really, especially, he wants us doing good for, for those that are in the household of faith. Amen. In other words, how are people going to know that we're Christians? They're going to know that we are Christians because we love each other. They're going to see that love that we have for each other. And, and that's also a way that we know that we're Jesus' disciples because we have love for one another. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> but if you're single and you sin by a single person, you've got to be careful there. Amen. <laughs> God. Or if you're married and sin by... No, we won't go there. And uh, agape love constrains us from saying the wrong things. Agape love constrains us from saying the wrong things. Have, you, have anything ever happened to you? Somebody said something to you and you wanted to say something back. And, but you couldn't say something back to them? You, you, you're about ready and said, no, I'm not going to go there. Why? Have you ever been there? You're about ready to unload. You know, you're about ready to, 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 to read them the riot act. You're about ready to say, okay, it's all on, right? But the love constrains you. Love of God can constrain us when people are trying to goat us into an argument. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We've got to be very careful because our words are connected to our love walk. Oh, I'm preaching. Our thinking is connected to our love walk and our words are connected to our love walk. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. So we're e either eating fruit of life or eating fruit of death every day. And it's, it comes from the words that we speak. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love this scripture here. It says here in Proverbs 51, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft answer. So when somebody is angry with you and they're upset with you, 
uh, uh, just just back up a little bit. Let let them get some steam off, and just say, "Hey, you know, it, all right." <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta just 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 let them get some steam off. Let them get it off their chest. Sometimes it's better. See, sometimes it's better just to be quiet. If my, my sometimes sometimes my wife vents to me, not very rare. She's amazing. Then, and I, I'll just be quiet. Why? Because I want a good dinner. I don't want to be sleeping on the couch. I'm like, okay, what, what, okay, whatever. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes I just let her, but it's just not worth it. It's not, I, sometimes I just know she's just venting. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and so, and so I just, I just let it go. I, I just be quiet, you know, then I ask her for, for, make me something to eat 15 minutes later in a soft tone. Amen. In Proverbs 15, I'm always cleaning up after you. No, we'll continue. In Proverbs 51, it says, um, uh, in Proverbs 25, 11, it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. That's beautiful. So, 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 so a word fitly spoken, it, 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 it brings a, a beautiful picture in that situation. I like what it says in James, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein, this is an IV, on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless think about that so 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 james is saying that 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 our walk with god part of it is learning to control our tongues is learning to control what we say let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight o lord my god so it comes through what we think about and it comes through how we speak. And I'm not going to speak negative. I'm going to speak positive. And, and I said this through the series. There's, there's a law of agreement. And that law of agreement, Jesus talks about that. If there's two or three agreeing, touching, it shall be done. That's for the positive and that's for the negative. If you agree on somebody's problem, then, then they make, that problem might stay on their life. But if you agree that they're coming out of it and you're standing in agreement, then they could come out of it. So what am I saying? I'm saying don't, don't side in with what the devil is saying about them to you. Don't side in. No, no. Side in what God is saying to you about them. Glory to God. Amen. I love what it says in Psalms 109.17. It says, as he loved cursing, so let it come on him. And he... And, and, as he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. Think about that. It says here, as he loved cursing, so let it come to him. So, so our words are either death or life words, and we're either saying something that's building the situation up, or we're saying something that's tearing the situation down. And we're either cursing our situation. You know, you ever get mad at your car because it doesn't start, and you start... Terrible car, bad car, whatever. You're cursing your vehicle. Don't do that. Amen. You ever get mad at an appliance or that because it's not working right? You, you, you know, you don't curse it. You ever get mad at a person because they're not acting right? 
and you start and you start thinking negative about them in your head. Don't let it go to your mouth. Glory to God. The enemy delights in working against us and being a good influence towards others. What can shut down our godly influence is offense coming from being betrayed or hurt by others. The enemy's always trying to set up something against us in a relationship to, to bring hurt into our lives. Joseph was a perfect example of this. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. He was thrown into a pit. He, he was sold. They were, gonna, they, they were thinking about killing him. And then, you know, and then they sold him into slavery. And he ended up, you know, uh, in, in, in Potiphar's house, but God was with him. No matter what people are doing to you, and you keep a right attitude, God will be with him. And the Bible said that God caused him to prosper. Think about that. I, I don't know if you, if you studied this out, but uh, you have Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, and the patriarchs. And Isaac, what, what happened was when Abraham died, uh, uh, the people were jealous of Abraham and his, and his wells. And, and, and so they stuffed up the wells. And so Isaac came back to unclog the wells. And then the people got mad and said, no, no, those wells belong to us. And so, and so Isaac didn't get upset about it. He moved on. He dug another well. They said, no, this well belongs to us. And then Isaac didn't get upset. But he, he, he did it a third time. And finally, that's where he said, God has made room for us. And, and, so, and so, but he, he, he just kept being his best. And, and finally, God got him the water. I, what am I saying to you today? Keep being your best. Keep a right attitude. And God's grace and his mercy will stay on your life. Don't allow a heart of bitterness to come into your life. Don't allow that because it will affect every relationship that we have. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so here in Genesis 50, 19 through 21, uh, the, his brothers were nervous once the father died that, 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 uh, that Joseph was going to exact repayment for their sin against him. But he said to them, he said here, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intend to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. So don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. What did, what did Joseph had? He had an understanding that, that you can't keep a good man or a godly man down. No amount of criticism, no amount of opposition, no amount of that can keep a godly person down. God still can raise you up in the midst of all that. Do you believe that today? No matter what's coming against you, God can raise you up. He got the revelation, I believe Paul got the revelation, even studying this out in Romans 8, 28, where he got the revelation that says, we know that all things, can somebody say all things, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So what am I saying to you today? No matter what people are doing to us, God is working out good regardless of what they're doing to us. God's going to work some good out of that. God's going to reveal something out of it. 
God's going to reveal some truth to us. He's going to show us something in it. And as long as we keep our heart attitude right, He's going to cause us to prosper in the midst of a famine. He will cause you to prosper. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm telling you, I've had people betray me and I had people turn their backs on me. And, you know, I was, you know, I'm on my second marriage. Thank God for second chances. And hallelujah. And, And my wife is amazing. But. But my, but, but my first spouse, you know, things didn't work out, you know, and there was betrayal. But thank God I didn't hold on to that hurt or I would have never got married again. Oh, I'm preaching. Thank God I didn't hold on to it and say, oh, all ladies are bad. No, all ladies aren't bad. All men aren't bad. There are some bad people and there are some good people. And you just can't classify one group as being bad. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Just because somebody does something to you, it doesn't mean that, and it may be a particular persuasion or a particular uh, person in a certain group, it doesn't mean that whole group is bad. Can I get a witness? And the enemy will try to get us to think, well, if that person's bad, the whole group is bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No, no, not at all. And I thank God that that I learned to forgive and to forget. I'm going to say this to you today. You're going to have to learn to forgive and you're going to have to learn to forget. God forgives and God forgets. God throws our, our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He, he, he throws them as far as the east is from the west and they never meet. Why? Because God is more, you know, he, he's, 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 he wants us to have that relationship more than he wants to judge us. Because I'm saying mercy triumphs over judgment. Can I get a witness in the house today? So we have to, we have to, you know, Paul says to Hebrews, look out after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Notice that he says in Hebrews 12, 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. So our, the grace of God is connected, I'm preaching today, to us looking out for one another. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? He says, look out, out. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Then he says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So here, Paul's exhorting us and he's warning us. He's exhorting us to keep walking in love towards one another. Keep building one another up. And, he, and he's warning us, don't allow the hurt or the pain to cause you to get bitter. you got to get better and not bitter. I stole that from a preacher. But are you what I'm saying to you today? Get better and not bitter. Glory to God. So what happens when we get hurt? What happens, I call it the, the self-defense mechanism kicks in. When we get hurt, the self-defense mechanism, what is that? We build a wall. And we don't let people come, come through that wall. It's called the self-defense mechanism. I'm, nobody's going to ever hurt me again. Have you ever been there? I'm never going to walk in love towards anybody else because, because people just hurt you and they take advantage of you and they don't care about you and I give and I give and people take and they take. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? 
No, don't, don't let that stop you from walking in love for the next person. Don't let that stop you. We build a wall so we, that we protect ourselves. No, and people do that for years, and that keeps us from being influential people. Number two, I must benefit from every relationship that I develop. When we're hurt, we start thinking, well, we got to benefit from every relationship. No, 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 no. Let me say it this way. You don't, you don't, that shouldn't be your attitude. It should, this should be your attitude. You should try to benefit others in other, in every relationship. Oh, I'm preaching. Can you benefit others? Not that you're trying to get a benefit from them, but can you give them a benefit of your life? You know, I think about that and, and I think about the Bible talks about, you know, one of the things as Christians, we need to be benevolent and open our house to hospitality. And I think about the seminarios, how, how, how grace and, and blessings they, they, they bestowed upon the church by opening their house up for men's breakfast and, and Tony allowing us to use his cornhole boards and let me beat them. On, and amen. So I'm, but, but, but they are displaying the love of God when they open the house up. That, that's, that, that's the love of God in action. And so, and so, and so, we, uh, we got to get a, re- a revelation of that, that, that we're here not to get a benefit from others, but we're here to benefit others. Yeah. Amen. Jesus said, the greatest of you will be servant of all. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, we want to control every relationship. When we're hurt, we want to make sure that we're controlling every relationship that we're in. And I'm going to say this, we're not called to control people. Right. Right. Amen. No, 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 no. We pray for people. Yeah. We pray for that God moves on their hearts, but, but we don't try to manipulate people in doing what we want them to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. In other words, we don't, we don't put pressure on people to try to do things for us. No, we put pressure on the word of God for God to work in our lives. We don't pressure people. We, we put the pressure on the word of God and God will answer our prayer. And God may answer your prayers. You may think, oh, God's going to answer my prayer through this person. You, you'll be surprised what God can answer your prayer through and what people he uses. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that we can't, you know, uh, that, that we must win in every relationship or come on top. You know, that, that's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. I'm, I'm going to say this, that if we don't let go of some of these things, we'll become cynical, suspicious people that don't trust anybody. And we got to give people a level of trust no matter where we're at in our life. we got to be careful we are not allowing hurts to control our lives. Uh, we, we, need, we, we know that the disciples had some conflict in, in, in their relationship as Jesus walked with them. And we understand that, that, uh, that there was times that some of the people disappointed Jesus. And there's going to be times that people will disappoint you. And I, and I talked about this in the book of Acts, but even on Wednesday. But, uh, but people will disappoint us from time to time. Don't think that people are perfect. People are just fallible. They mess up. We all mess up. That's the reason why we have 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he is just and righteous to forgive you of your sins and to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Now, now in Matthew 14, 25, 31, I'm trying to wrap this up. Uh, Jesus is walking on the water towards the boat where the disciples are at. And, and Peter asked Jesus if I can come out onto the water. And so, and so Jesus says, come. And Peter actually is a water walker that day. He walks on the water. 
and he's walking towards Jesus. I'm going to say this, when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll be a water walker in this life. And I'm, what do I mean by that? God will cause you to do the impossible. And I'm going to see this. Peter was doing the impossible, walking on the water. And then what happened? The waves brushed up. The wind started moving. And he, and he lost his focus on Jesus. And the Bible said he started to sink. Whenever you lose your focus on the word of God, you're going to sink in your faith. And so he, he, he started sinking. And Jesus, see, that's where faith won't take you there, but God's mercy will. God, Jesus had mercy on Peter, got him back to the boat. But, but Jesus said something to Peter. He, he said, why? He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter rebuked, I'm sorry, Jesus rebuked Peter. Jesus didn't commend Peter for walking on the water and said, you did good for as far as you could come. No, no, I would have to say this, that Jesus was disappointed in Peter's faith. Can I get a witness in the house today? And when we, when we start doubting, God's word, God can get a little disappointed in our... Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because we need to learn to stand on God's word. People make mistakes at times, amen? Uh, in Matthew 16, 21, 23, from this time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not happen to you. What was Peter trying to do? He was trying to be controlling. He was trying to control the relationship that he had with Jesus. He was trying to tell Jesus what to do. Why? Because it was good right when he was walking with Jesus. Everything was going well. And But what did, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. You are offense to me. So we see here that, 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 that people make mistakes and even trying to overstep their boundaries in our relationships. Can I get a witness today? Some people, and that's why you've got to set boundaries. Amen. You can't let people just do anything that they want to do. You've got to set boundaries. If they're taking advantage of you and you don't set a boundary, it's not their fault. It's your fault. Oh, I'm preaching today. We've got to set boundaries. Why? Because people will take advantage of us. Amen. People are selfish at times. You know, I got to set boundaries with my kids. I, you know, they can't just just do whatever they want. You know, they can't keep ordering roadblocks. You know, on you know, I got to pay for that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you got to you got to set boundaries in your life. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? People are selfish at times. Peter and others and the other disciples fell asleep. At Jesus, when Jesus was at the midst that, of needing them the most, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, they fell asleep. Amen. And so the caption of this, people are selfish at times. And we are selfish. We, we got You Listen, don't, I'm going to say this. If you don't want to be disappointed in people, don't expect too much out of them. And if you don't expect too much and they, and they over, uh, over exceed your expectations, then praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But don't expect too much. See, the problem is we put, we put expectations on people that they can't fill. Amen? No, don't do that. Put your, your only expectation should be on God. And that's according to, his word of God, to the Word of God. People may abandon us and betray us. And so we know this, that, 
that in Mark 14, 50, they forsook him and fled. In the Garden of Gethsemane, they all ran from Jesus. Amen. So we got to get a revelation that people are fallible. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to say the wrong things. But we got to have that, that goodness that we're walking in that equates to God's mercy, that, that gives us the forgiving power that we need to keep the grace of God working in our lives. Did you receive it today? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love today. I thank you, Father God, that you're helping us to be merciful, loving, forgiving people. And I thank you, Father God, for blessing every person today, revealing your mercy and your love. Perhaps you're in the audience or perhaps you're watching or listening. And you know it's time for you to bow your knee to Jesus. It's time to ask Jesus to come into your life. Well, I want, I want to encourage you. Jesus, the Bible says, is knocking right now at the door of your heart. And he's asking to come into your life so that he could have fellowship with you. And so if you're ready for that fellowship, you're ready for that love to invade your life, just pray this simple prayer and mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.